Hey, everybody. I used to be hot, and now I'm not, unless you're kind of tweaked. Sorry, Katie. Uh, it's because I've got no hair. If I had hair, I'd be so attractive. Do you want to keep your hair? You should probably use keeps. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35. It's not unusual. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something you can and should do something about. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Ellis to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash Ellis to get your first month free. keeps.com slash Ellis. Hey, everybody. Jason Ellis here talking about on it. Uh, I got a promo code and they've got the goods. You know, if you want to work out, you want to get in shape, you don't want to go to the gym. And not to mention, if you do want to go to the gym, all the supplements and workout gear. Uh, but they've got enough stuff to get you fit in, uh, even if you were in prison. Obviously, it'd be probably pretty hard to get it. But if you weren't in prison and you had a small room, if you go on it.com slash Alice, that'll link you up and get you a fat discount on all their stuff. So check them out. Don't forget to tell them Alice sent you. And then Tony started spinning nines and got close. And they're like, time's up. And everybody agreed. Everybody on the deck. No judges. No X Games. Keep the time going because we want this guy to make the 900 so that we can all say that we've made a 900. Like one of us made a 900. Right. That was like the first time I've ever seen every single person wanted him to make that. feel like crowns are so inconvenient you feel like they would wobble off your head a lot just never seen a good crown you know and crowns are always exactly circular and i don't think your head is so i would want like you know have your earpiece that's molded to your ear i would want a crown that is molded to my head just in case i need to kick some ass because i'm a king i might need to slap a fucking a a peasant I might need to slap a peasant into gear. And I don't want my fucking hat coming off. Sorry, my crown. Sorry, this is my, that's what I have to say at the start of the show. Thank you. Uh, we have a guest. Wait, sorry, Chris, you were going to say something uh, before I, I introduce you? I was going to say, do you just think of a face to make every time? Or yeah. is it just spontaneous? Yeah, I, I, I just sort of wing it okay. at the beginning. Chris Roberts, yeah. everybody, is here. He's method. He was doing that for... The whole weekend leading up to this. Are we practicing that? Yeah. Right. Okay. I feel like it helps the guest yes. feel calm about me singing. Because your face. I was focused on him yeah. the whole time. I yeah. didn't even hear anything you said. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Like, oh, this guy, is, he's holding it. Go team. Because I don't like being analyzed. Because it's kind of embarrassing. It's a tad stupid. 
Like I was like, I'll sing at the start of every show. That's funny. And now I'm like 70 shows deep. It's a bit stupid, really. Ah, but it sets the mood though. Yeah. And I was and I was gonna change the lyrics so that I stopped getting flagged on YouTube for being so aggressive with my with my mouth. That sounded good. Good for you, Jason. <laughs> fucking suck a day. Fucking idiot. Um, yeah, but I, but I thought I made one about cats and stuff and puppies. Mm. And I was like, maybe I should change it to that. But then I'd have to really, because when I had the song about puppies, it didn't really rhyme. Yeah, nothing rhymes with puppies. Yeah. Everybody Wait, knows that. You fucking with me? Well, it rhymes with puppies. Duppies. Guppies. What's a fucking duppy? Yuppies. <laughs> yep. Do people use the word yuppie anymore? Not really. That's what I'm saying. Right. The kind of, that's like, uh, What's like uh, rad is kind of a word where, depending on who you are, when you say rad, I'm like, oh, there was there was a heyday for you, yeah, and you're still living in it, right? I've Chris, definitely said rad more in the last five years than yuppie, right? Which tells you, <laughs> which tells you something, yeah. Definitely. Chris, as a skateboarder who is in charge of the biggest skateboard podcast in the world, and being a pro on the cool company. You're not just a pro skateboarder. You're a pro skateboarder for chocolate. So you're like a chocolate girl guy and all yeah. those guys. You're a part of that crew who don't usually talk. From my experience, they wouldn't be uh, the host of a show. Right. How did you discover that you're going to be the talking guy who is also incredibly fresh uh, I, I in, don't, the, in the tightest organization of skateboard. First of all, I don't even know how I got into the chocolate girl family. I'm not that cool. I'm not that fresh. What I'm, do you mean you don't know how? I'm just, well, you know, I don't know. It's a, you know, I wasn't one of the, you know, top, top pros. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I consider myself like supporting cast. Yeah, you know I, I feel saying? you on that. Um, but I, I was never a talker. I was never, I'm, I'm grew up quiet, shy. So how'd this happen? I don't know. I don't know. How did the nine club start? We your uh, idea or somebody else? He kind of well, you know, Mark Johnson, Kenny Anderson. Yeah, we had a little company called the Back Forty. Right. We do funny little skits, whatever. You know, Mark Johnson, yeah, Kenny, funny dudes. Um, and I was like, oh, let's do a podcast because podcasts were coming into the scene, you know. Yeah. And uh, couldn't get them together. It was just, right. we, me and Mark did like three of them and Kenny didn't even come to one of them. Not one. Not one. Great idea, Chris, but I'm not going to make it. Try, Kenny's here, he's over, he's trapped. It was just. Which you would have sensed, this is not a good co-host for me. I was like, this is going to be a headache. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a nightmare. Nightmare. And plus I was traveling, so I had all the gear. You were doing remote nine clubs. Yes. And he still no, no, couldn't no, make it. Back 40 stuff. It oh, wasn't sorry, nine club. Sorry. Okay. So I'm traveling with this, you know, microphones and you know, little soundboards and going over to Mark's house and setting up little GoPros. And I'm like, dude, this is gonna be hell. I yeah. can't. We I, this is and I wanted to do them consistently. Yeah. Consistency is the key. Yes, you knew what it took. Yeah. And uh Roger, you know, uh co-owner of the nine club. He helped start it with me. Okay. Uh, he's like, dude, I can help you guys. And I'm like, it's, this isn't probably not going to work, you know? And so he's like, well, let's just do something ourselves. And he lived down the street from me. 
That makes it good. So we were like, okay, cool. And of course, got I two talked. people that are committed. Yeah, getting. There. I mean, he's a workhorse. I'm a workhorse. Okay. So and then he was like, and I was like, well, let me just tell these guys, you know, just out of respect. I'm like, hey, this is maybe not going to work. Let me. I might start something with Roger, yeah. you know? And they were like, oh yeah, do it. You're Yeah, we weren't going to show up anyway, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be okay with you doing it if I didn't show up Pretty to the first two much. that you had. I'd be like, man, maybe I'm not the guy. Right. So how do you so find yeah. We set up GoPros. We did kind of like a pilot. Oh, okay. Kelly Hart, you know, he lived there. We so it was more that you had people that you knew that were close by and you're like, oh, can yeah. you guys make it on a break? Oh, we used all of our friends for the beginning of the show. Oh, okay. Episode one, Kelly Hart, he lived there. Episode two, like Daniel Castillo, Joey Brzezinski, like all these skaters who are friends. Yeah. So we're like, let's just try to keep this going. Gain momentum. At first, I think people were like, wow, this is skaters talking. Yeah. And that's why I came up with this tagline, like the show that has skaters talking. Yeah. Because I thought it was ironic. It is. I told you on your show, it's yeah. very rare that skateboarders, especially elite skateboarders, you know, there's skateboarders that kind of good, and then there's the the upper level, right? And they just don't, they become a little like Axl Rose, where it's just like I don't show up to anything. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time you heard like Lance Mountain or Mike Vallely talk for like four hours straight? Yeah, yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. Fuck. Tony's trying to get Lance on Hawk versus Wolf, and Lance is great friends with Tony Hawk, and we can't get him. What? He's what? he's been booked three times, and he's like, oh, I can't make it. Three times. Lance Mountain stood Tony Hawk up. I don't want to say stood up. He's just busy, and he thinks that the drive is crazy. He drove down for my 50th, but not to the ramp because he didn't want to skate the ramp because he's a pool skateboarder, and he didn't want to have a shit session because it's still, it's forever this way. This is what we are. We're, we're like this. Right. Danny and Colin came to my birthday with no pads. They just watched. I'm like, guys, I want to. It's Danny the whole, Way. The whole point of my 50th birthday and inviting all of you so that we could, I wanted to have a session. Like, remember, we always just, we did the same. We were doing this like 20 years ago. And now we're all old as fuck on the ramp. Crazy, right? Right. And, and you're like, not, oh. and you're not like trying to make a documentary out of it. No. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. just hanging out. Just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, you yeah. Could, no one was going to film you, but I, I want to see Danny Way skate in real life. I want to see right. Colin McKay skate. I skated with Colin twice last week. Ooh. He's skating again. Love that. Yeah, but it's hard to when you take a big break and then you get back in the vert. You you're really bad, and you've got to be safe. So you can't be. Well, I used to do this. Well, so I'll just start doing that again. Like you're asking for it, so right, right. it's hard for the ego to show up and just do a couple of little things that you know you used to, you wouldn't even attempt those because they're too basic. And now he's falling off on backsiders all day. Right. Because that's what happens when you don't do it for a long time. And it's a little bit humiliating. Oh. I get it. Street skating? You don't skate street for like a week or even a month. And in my case, months. And then you go to a skate park. It's like, I don't even want to be here. Do you skate way less because of the nine club? Yeah. It's taken over. You do a lot of shows, right? Yeah. You don't just do we one do, podcast. We film about three, sometimes four shows a week. And you have a Twitch thing and you have yeah. three shows? Two, three shows. Three separate shows. Yeah. And one of them you do four a week. So Mondays is Nine Club, which is brand new guests. You came on the Nine Club. Okay. Uh, Fridays, every other Friday we changed it now. It's like 
stopping chats. We call them stopping chats. Returning okay. guests come in, okay. take it, shoot the shit. Mike V was on recently. Yeah, Mike V. One of those exactly. Yeah, right. um, and then our experience shows live Wednesday nights. And it's kind of like just a round table, play some skate videos, just talk. But that's not bullshit. a podcast. That's it's we put it on our podcast. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know, but, um, but I'm always curious. Cause like when you came on the show, you were like, um, I'm always curious of like the after math of coming on our show. Cause yeah. it's like, we call, it's just like, I, I want to know from like, cause we hear it sometimes we're like, Oh good. Yeah. I'm still getting comments and stuff like that. Yeah. But sometimes it's like over like, the top, like Christian Asoy, we were just with Professor Schmidt, yes. Paul Schmidt, yep. and he was like, oh my God, I still get comments and people still hit me up about my episode yeah. and stuff like that. And because I think in skateboarding, there's not that, like, there's not something like that, you know, uh, like the nine club. No, no, not at all. So I'm it's a difficult thing to achieve, right? To make it uh, good. You know, like, mm. yeah, you guys know everything there is in skateboarding, but do you know how to, it's not skateboarding, it's podcasting. You need right. to know how to talk and be amusing the whole time. Right. You need to not think about yourself so much. So it's a, it's like, can skateboarders do that? But like we, when you came on our show, we got like, create like the comment, love, Alice is the best, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, and I'm like, that. okay, how was it for like you when you came on? I'm sure you got like DMs and stuff I mean, like that. To me, it's probably the highlight of social media to me is people being excited about me skateboarding. Right. Because I'm like, really? That's that's odd. You know, I didn't, I feel like I've, people are more impressed by my skateboarding now than ever. I'm like, I'm not very good anymore. Yeah. yeah but people yeah. are like, man, you fucking feel, you're still in there doing it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's awesome. But I feel like it's a lot more. Everybody's more exciting in skateboarding about your skateboarding, about your love for skateboarding. It just seems like everyone's a lot more appreciative and not so picky. Right. Like it's you're a vert guy, you're old as fuck, you're talking about gay shit. I'm like, all these things seem like they would not work well in a skateboard podcast, but I didn't get anything but positive stuff. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Still do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good I mean, to me, especially because I know the nightclub, I, I, you know, when I was on Sirius, I heard of it. I knew podcasting was the future of, of this kind of entertainment. And I was like, check you guys out. Like you, you made it like you, right. you're doing it. And then I thought you guys are the cutting edge of skateboarding. The last thing you would want is some old washed up guy who isn't Tony Hawk on there. And, I, and, it, and I'm like. You guys are pumped. You guys are excited about having me there. You guys have also interviewed a lot of other people where I would have thought the same thing. I put myself in a category with Bod Boyle. Right. Like Bod Boyle was a legendary vert skater in his time, but it is not his time anymore. And most skateboarders don't fucking care anymore. Or don't even know who Bod right. Boyle is. And I'm like, there was an era of skateboarders that didn't know where he was fucking king. Like, yeah, he was top three in every contest without fail. But I think it's important to have guys like that on the show, not only for their past, but what they're doing in skateboarding now. Right. And that guy pretty much runs one of the biggest skateboarding distributions right. in skateboarding. <laughs> Which is and it's also like, crazy. Cool. Let's. I think skaters need to know that these companies are run by skaters. Yeah. Even if they're not a fan of that company. Yeah. It's like, dude. 
It's such a big deal because I was in, I was there for the corporate takeover. Right. You know, like I was sponsored by skateboarders, and then all of a sudden there was this thing where uh, you could get sponsored by people that weren't skateboard people, and they were usually offering way more money than skateboard people were, and it was. You didn't. I didn't think about it. I just was like, "Wait, what? Monster's gonna give me fucking five grand a month? Holy shit! Yeah, I'll I'll ride for Monster. How, the, how could there be a bad thing about that? Right. Just not. Yeah. You know, same when I worked for ESPN. It was just nobody here skates. Nobody here cares about skateboarding. But you're in charge of displaying skateboarding to the world. It doesn't add up. I feel awkward about it. Right. It's got this weird feeling where I'm working for people where I'm like, you're not invested in in us but you're calling the shots right oh man ellis may here bold as hell talking about keeps about 35 is when i started to see a little bit thin right here on the top and to know that you know if i had a time machine and i could have just gone to keeps that i could have kept my hair but i don't have a time machine you're a cautionary tale yeah don't do this guys no it's not a myth. It's a fact. Girls don't like it. There are two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both of them and has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. It's easy, convenient, virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. Low cost and 24-7 care and support. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Ellis to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash Ellis to get your first month free, everybody. Keeps.com slash Ellis. We are here today talking to you about athletic greens. I always try things to try and keep myself healthy. I like snacks, but I also want to live a long time. And I'm kind of dumb. I need shortcuts. <laughs> Athletic Greens, pretty good shortcut. It's a whole bunch of vitamins <laughs> and stuff. You just scoop the powder, mix it into water, you drink it, and you already got one shortcut for the day. Doesn't give me the bubble guts or anything. No, if you're right. so dumb that you don't know how to put the scoop in the water and stir it around, <laughs> then you might be in trouble. But yeah, if, if you this got a little dummy more, can do it, yeah. anybody can. One tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, greens, superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. The special blend of high-quality, bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1 work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, support energy and focus, aid with gut health, no bubble guts here, and digestion, and support a healthy immune system, effectively replacing multiple products or pills with one healthy and delicious drink to make it easy for you athletic greens is going to give you an immune supporting free one-year supply of vitamin d get that and d five free <laughs> travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash j-e-s do you have that that's a little bit unusual it's not it's not always the uh end of the website that we give you here on the show this one's you we're gonna want to remember it's athleticgreens.com slash j-e-s to take control of your health and give a g1 a try uh, I've told the story where Sal got into an argument with one of the guys that ran X Games, like the boss's boss. Really nice guy, would always be cool to all of us. But he got into a heated argument about Bob Burnquist not being a talented athlete, like like as compared to a Derek Jeter. And Sal was like, you are fucking out of your mind. And it got heated because Sal was 
offended on behalf of all of us. You know, who, who Sal Barbier? Yeah, no, Sal Masakela. Sal Masakela. Yeah, not even a fucking like a pro skateboarder, but a guy that has been in the scene oh from the start, legend, and was defending us. Right, and it was just crazy to know that the guy that calls all the shots for action sports for these vert dudes or park guys or whatever it is, he doesn't think that you're actually good at sport. That's he thinks Derek Jeter is. Crazy. I'm like, look, I'm not saying Derek Jeter isn't talented. I'm just saying so is Bob Burnquist, equally as talented. Right. And just to know his mainstream mind was like, what? That's, you guys are fucking children. We're talking about Derek Jeter over here. And I'm like, eh. And at all the guys oh at ESPN, that was the guy that they picked to run the X Games. Yeah. Mm. Imagine what the rest of them thought. Oh, I, I worked with them. <laughs> yeah. It was worse. I wonder what the younger generation of skaters or just action sports athletes, what do they think about Jason's generation? Because I do mm. understand the point of view of it's not your era anymore, but right. late 70s into almost like early 90s, to me, like if you're like a rock and roll person, mm. bands that were around late 60s, early 70s, that was the explosion. Right. That was the thing you're always going to want. You're never going to get tired of those stories, even if those bands aren't, even if you don't want to go see the sure. fucking Foghat play live. Right. I would just, do you get that impression that kids are interested in like the uh, initial volley of skateboarding in the world? I think it's 50-50. I think uh -huh. a lot of, I, listen, whenever, whenever a kid comes up to me that's like even 18 and younger and they're like, dude, I watched the Nine Club. It's like, I've gotten like seven-year-old kids, like 10-year-olds, like I love the Nine Club. And I'm like, whoa, I, you're not our demographic, right. I would think. But I'm always shocked because like, I think the, like, if you love something, the yearning to learn about the history is there. And I don't think that comes right away sometimes for some kids. Like, I didn't care about the history right. when I first started skating. Yep. Like, it took longer. Why would you? You're on chocolate. Well, I mean, this is, <laughs> I started skating when I was 15. Yeah. 15, 20. I got sponsored later. But I didn't really give, give I didn't care about before. Yeah. It took long. It took when I got older to like start. Oh shit, Lance Mountain and all these. Oh, I think this. I think it's how long our sport's been around. Because I've been to some surf award ceremonies, mm. and the best guy, the coolest guy, is praising some eighty-year-old dude, right? Who caught waves on a fucking big log or something, and he's like, <laughs> "This guy's the guy." Yeah. And I remember being in the crowd going. Oh, skateboarding doesn't do that. Like, we're not, the newest guy is not going to be like, oh, man, I, I mean, I would alter fucking Tony Elva. You know, like, you're not, you're not going to bring his name up. You don't care that he invented the kick turn. You didn't even know he invented the kick turn. Right. It's also got to be weird when nowadays there's like fucking five-year-olds doing 1080s on flat ground. Right. Like, the, it seems like kids have raised the bar a lot just to get sponsored and noticed. Yeah, but they are... I, I don't know how everybody is. I'm only speaking from my experience, but there's a lot of little kids that are at Tony's ramp mm. and they respect the elders. You know, like it's a different, it's a different time in my prime. Most people didn't, we weren't accepting of each other. So why would we, why would we be respectful to our elders <laughs> when we don't even really like the guy that's like a year off us? Yeah. It just seemed like, like the the gay thing, like skateboarders would have hated me for that. But now it's like, you know, good for you, man. You're living your life. I'm like, what? Skateboarding? 
Really? Yeah. Because that's not what you were trying to act like. And, and then uh, you've got a lot to do with it. Your show has a lot to do with it because you're the cutting edge of skateboarding and you have us on. And you're like, hey, these guys are a part of the scene. Like, right. we're all skateboarders here. And I feel like it's like Trans World was at one point where whatever they put in the mag, that's what everybody likes. Mm. It seems to be what's popular. So right. that's where everybody's going. And these days, it seems like everybody was you know everybody was good at whatever they did and and everyone can appreciate it now yeah yeah i think kids are going to be inquisitive though you know so i think it's like the kids that skate the, the tony's ramp yeah maybe they've never heard of jason ellis but they meet you now they're going to go do their homework yeah go home and be like oh damn this guy dude oh shit i remember in music where i just listened to a couple of bands and i thought every other band sucked and that's how I was going to live my life. <laughs> right, right. And then I accidentally, because I was so into Metallica or whatever, there was, uh, you know, like a Jimi Hendrix could slide in there. And then Jimi Hendrix is doing a cover of a Bob Dylan song. So now I'm listening to Bob Dylan. I'm like, oh, shit. Mm. There was like a whole bunch of geniuses before Metallica. But if it wasn't for loving Metallica that much, I wouldn't have given all these other guys a shot. And right. then you know, now, like what I'm into now, it's just so much broader i appreciate everybody because good music is good music and it took me decades to swallow that because yeah. i was i would just be like why would you listen to fucking green day or when there's metallica exists you dumbass <laughs> right. like you're just listening to some poor mediocre shit and it's like it's not poor mediocre it's it's their stuff and they're doing it their way like mm. and some people like that believe it or not jason more than metallica Right. And it's okay. They're okay for doing that. Yeah. And yeah. skateboarding taught me that, like the the criticalness, like to be critical of everything. And, now, and I feel like that did work, but it's also a relief to just accept everybody. Yeah. That I, God is hard work. Right. I mean, just growing up as a skater in our generation, I mean, that was the landscape was to hate. <laughs> right. For sure. I like mean, you and hate. I would not talk to each other. Maybe if I seen you at a trade show, we'd nod. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I have several, but we hundred street friends where it's been that our whole life, right? But if we got into a same room together, we'd probably be. I mean, how many times does that happen when you're like, dude, the fuck that that dude sucks, bro? You know, you just you're judging him off your his skating. Yeah, you meet him, you're like, I can't believe I even talk shit about this dude. He's the best dude ever, dude. I got to America. My favorite skateboarder was Jason Jesse. I would say one of my least favorite skateboarders was Ken Park. Do you mm. remember him? I know the name wasn't. He was a bit chubby Vision Streetwear guy. Always had all the Vision Streetwear shit on. He was good at all different kinds of hand plants. But I just didn't like the way he skated. Thought he was a fucking kook. Okay. I come to America. Jason Jesse apparently called a black guy the N-bomb and got punched off the side of the ramp. And I'm like, wait, what? He, what? Heartbroken. Right. I'm like, the guy... The guy I like is a fuck man. Fuck, I don't want to be that guy's fan anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then I meet Ken Park, and he's just the nicest dude ever. Yeah, I'm like this guy's a fucking sweetheart, and I'm, I'm like I hated you without knowing you for like a solid ten years because of the way your knee buckled when you did the lean details. Like I was like, ah, yeah. oh, this guy's disgusting. There's no way you could be a decent person with that kind of lean detail. Like it's just so stupid when I think about it. I know. But I think we all, it's just judgment, right? Yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. Do you think it's insecurities that skateboarders originated that with? 
Where do you think it came from? That's a good question. I don't know. It's interesting because I think it was just in our nature. I think it was just the the landscape. Everybody around us was just like, this dude, fuck that dude, blah, blah, blah. That dude's style. It was all about style and stuff like that. So, But I think as we get older, that leaves. But it seems like, is there a generation of skateboarders now that are still very critical? I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. Okay. I don't think that's gone away. Okay. I, I don't know. Is it just, I mean, a total outsider perspective, yeah. is it the individual nature of the sport? Is you're just like a man alone or a woman alone trying to make your way in the world? So you're just like, fuck that guy, fuck that guy, fuck that guy. Like, I don't, I don't know if people who grow up on a football team with 45 teammates right. are so inclined to pick out individuals and be like, I don't like that guy's shirt, fuck him. Or maybe they are. It's, I'm just working backwards from you say the way that it was in the 90s. I'm like, well, yeah, right. And whenever, you've always said that. I'm like, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. There's obviously a reason for it. Is it because you're all a bunch of lone wolves to begin with? We're lone wolves, but we have our crews. Right. So I think we're definitely influenced by who we're hanging out with and what type of skating we like. Sure. Like we're from different worlds, Vert Street. But if I can't relate to you on Vert, but I can relate to you as a skateboarder. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought it was you made a choice to do it this way. And because you were clued in on it, and if you don't do it that way, then you're not clued in on it. So you don't have any clue. Right. So sure. why am I talking to you? You know, <laughs> like that. it's it's childish as fuck, but I'm just I'm trying to recall like when there was certain times and crew is a perfect thing there, Chris, because right. I have had that where, you know, Red Dragon, Kane Gale and and Colin and all those guys, we, I mean, I'm a vert dude, but I was still cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like Rob Dudek and shit was my friend. And Rob Dudek doesn't say hello to a lot of vert dudes, but he would say hello to Jason because word got out that Jason, when he skates vert, that they don't even care about, he's doing it right. He's doing it in a correct manner so he can be accepted. Right, right. So, And then because I'm getting accepted by the coolest people, I want to be a, a tighter unit with those guys. So if you're completely out of that crew, you get shined by all of us. Like we go, this guy, right? And they go, yeah, right. And then then I look back on it where I'm, I'm like, man, you are an asshole. It's high school. Yeah, okay, That's I didn't go, but yeah. yeah. Basically. But the flip side of that, look at the camaraderie of skateboarding. Right. Like even in the Olympics, it's like we all gather around the winner and hold, hold them up on our shoulders Right. Like as a as a community and the people who are there in the con, you don't see the swimmers from all different countries coming over and hoisting uh, up yeah. the winner. Good point. Skaters do that. All right. You know, it's it's way past country, isn't it? Because oh, people are. It's it's like you won for us. Yeah. It's sure you it's, won for your country too, but mainly you won for us. It's skateboarding. Yeah. Like we're all in this together, and I think it's it's such a, it's it's a huge thing skateboarding but it's such a small community yeah so small i wonder if that has any the first time i ever saw everybody get together and want somebody to be successful was when tony did the 900 at x games Mm. where i felt like people were trying to win best trick and they were all out for each other but when tony started almost making that the time limit ran out and everybody who was gonna win like it was ten thousand dollars up for grabs and the person that colin mckay had the trick he did it and he won best trick. Right. And then Tony started spinning nines and got close. And they're like, time's up. 
And everybody agreed. Everybody on the deck, no judges, no X Games. Keep the time going because we want this guy to make the 900 so that we can all say that we've made a 900. Like one of us made a 900. Right. That was like the first time I've ever seen every single person wanted him to make that. You were there? Yeah. Wow. I just showed some some fans sent us a video for Hawk versus Wolf where because I was announcing on the side of the uh, of the ramp for that, and he falls off and walks past me, and I go to the camera, I can see it in his eyes. He's gonna make the next one. Okay. And then he made it. He made it. Yeah. What? But How because, was that energy? And then though? when I ran, like he made it, and I ran to tackle him, and two hundred people met me. Right. In the middle. Like I was almost there and then all of a sudden he just disappeared and fucking was up in the air. We were all running and screaming to pick him up and be like, well, you fucking did it. Like we we did it. It was almost like. That's crazy because that's like history right there. Yeah. History. Yeah. Yeah. I was tripped because I forgot because I hit my head so many times. When I saw that video, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I was on the. And I called it. I didn't even right. know that. Like, I I don't recall that. I just saw it on video. That's the only way I know it happened because it's video. Right, right. Like, that's for sure me. That's my mouth. Shout out to our friends at Good Shop, America's online butcher. Shout out, Good Shop. Shout out. I actually got into a little Good Shop this weekend, cooked up some, some scallops. You did? Yeah. Wow. Me, of all people. I did it. Yeah. Cooked it for my girlfriend. Mine was blown. Wow. She didn't even know I could do that. Did you have some hot scallop sex afterwards? Maybe. Wow, there you go, you guys. Good job gets you laid. That's right. You can get your flexible monthly subscription plan for high-quality American meat and seafood. And maybe a little sexy fringe benefits will be coming your way on the side. (laughs) I love the Good Chop stuff. I'm very particular when it comes to my meats. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that about you. And uh, you can get $100 off on your first three boxes. That is a significant savings for some high-quality meats and seafood from local family U.S. farms and independent ranchers that you and your family are going to enjoy. Go Good to- job, baby. Mm-hmm. Goodchop.com slash ls100 and use code ls100 and you get 100 buck- 100 bucks off your first three boxes. Dang. That's right. Goodchop.com slash Ellis100 and use code Ellis100 to get $100 off your first three boxes. Good Chop, America's online butcher. Shot through the heart. It's a start. You know what's worse than paying bills? That singing. (laughs) And. (laughs) Paying bills for stuff that you got a long time ago, and now you're not even like really paying for the thing. You're paying for the interest on the thing that you got a long time ago, whether it's a high interest loan or credit card debt. Oh my goodness, it is such an awful, infuriating, scary, crippling feeling to know that you make the payment every month and the bills, they just don't go away. That's why you got to look into consolidating that high interest debt or uh, all of those credit card bills into one payment that you can handle. You can start to see some financial daylight. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score. So rather than looking at your credit score alone, their model considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in just five minutes for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Alice. 
That's upstart.com slash Ellis. Don't forget to use the URL and let them know that we sent you, mate. Loan Loan amounts. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can do it. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Ellis. How is doing uh, the podcast with Tony? It's awesome. Yeah? It's fun. I, um... It seems like you guys generally have a good time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 enjoyable to watch. I like it. Yeah, I think uh, you know we like uh, I, I am obviously I feel very privileged mm. to be a part of it, and to you know I look up to him in so many ways, and to be on a show with him, I'm like, wow, what a fucking crazy thing you've got yourself in here. This is amazing, right? But he is also a friend of mine. And he likes what I have to bring to podcasting. Like, he's like, you're a talker. I, I believe in this. So I think he's excited to hear what I'm going to say. And I'm excited because you know, he tells stories about shit that happened in the 80s that I don't know that means a lot to me. Right. So I'm always very interested in whatever he's saying. And you could pull stuff out of the him because you're interested in what right. he's saying. And he's different now. Like, when we first started on Sirius a long time ago, he was talking to younger a younger crowd, mm. so he couldn't really indulge people into th- real stuff. Right, you know, like right. he had a drink, or you know, if he got if he got a hung, you know, drunk one time, he'll tell it. Yeah, he wouldn't say that. He wouldn't. ten years ago, he just couldn't because it was like ten year olds were listening to him. On serious, did this? That you know, I got like I split from that show yeah. and did my own show because. My show started to get fans, so they know that I'm on his show, which is what I started on. Yeah. So they start calling, asking, because this is, this is right when I started, I was extra offensive. Okay. I was just always talking about whatever I thought was funny, which was usually like, you know, five dick guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, someone's got two pussies. And, what, you know, and it's stuff where, you know, someone goes, Tony, you know, I'm my name's Johnny, you know, and I'm 12 and – I really want to know how to do this trick. And, and he tries to help him. And then someone goes, oh, it's a huge fan, fucking five cocks and pussies yeah. for coming on dogs. And I'm like, what, dude? You can't say that here. And Tony's trying to be nice. Yeah, yeah. He never said, hey, this isn't going to work. I just, I was like, this is obviously not going to work. Right. You're trying to do something else and I'm ruining it. Because my show started to get really big. And yeah. people were just calling the Tony Hawk show to do Jason Ellis bits. And I'm like, it's not, you can't do that. Would here. you say the calls were like 50, 50 was right. like some for Tony for some for sometimes you. It, sometimes it was more It was for you because they got weird about it. It wasn't a lot of fans, but those fans were hardcore. Right. So they were just calling in, trying to bro down with me. Hey man, you're on with Tony Hawk. Remember you talking about fucking that fat chick? And I'm like, eh, not now not now man like ask me a skateboard question right right and and i was really trying to make that jason l show big so it wasn't once again a little interest Mm. i was like i'm going i'm going i'm going like these they're like are you good and he's like i'm good i'm like well then i'm gonna go for it and tony's that kind of guy he's like you've really got something here dude you need to fucking push that and if you have to move to la and not be on my show, I back you 100%. Like, he was telling the bosses, mm. fuck yeah, Jason can leave the show. Like, as long as you're taking care of him, I'm happy. Right. So it was, he was, he really helped. He kind of orchestrated most of it. Amazing. 
He's it a great, great dude. He really is. Yeah. I know great. he doesn't like it when you say it to him. He gets a bit locked up, but he's the most helpful person. In, he's mm. done so much for skateboarding and still does. Like the critical stuff where he sits down with little kids right. and goes, hey, man, I noticed you're trying to do you know, this, maybe try this. And, and if you do try it, I'll film you. Mm. So now you got like fucking eight-year-olds that are trying some trick and Tony Hawk's telling them how to do it and, and he's dropping in with them with his phone, following them, and then he's posting the video and you got nine-year-olds that are getting Tony Hawk posts of their trick. Could you I'm imagine? like, you're making it. I told him that. I, there's a video of him and I, the first time I met him, I didn't meet him. He was just on the ramp next to me and my parents were filming the contest. So I'm on the deck and he's standing next to me and I go, that's it. I didn't say anything to him. I'm just shitting myself on the deck because Tony Hawk is standing right next to me. Right. If Tony Hawk had to say, hey, man, you working on, uh, see you working on that trick? Like, you want me to film it? I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? He does that to people all the time. Wow. He's constantly doing that. I feel, I feel it too because he's come on our show a bunch. Yeah. And um, we even had like this little video game show for a little while. And we were like, Hey, it'd be fun if you came up and played Tony Hawk Pro Skater. It was when the release was mm -hmm. of the game. And, you know, sure, he probably wants to come up and promote his game and, you know, be on. But I also feel like, man, he's just coming up to, like, hook us up, yep. you know? Yeah. He's, like, down to, like, help skaters. Yeah. Like, skaters supporting skaters. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, Tony Hawk, he doesn't have to come up here and play fucking video games with us. But he's right. doing it because, like, we're he's down to, like, help. Yeah. And like support. At all costs. Right. Because that dude's got a schedule. <clears throat> yeah. And if he's driving up, that's like a lot of things that he didn't do that right. day. And right. he's okay with it because he knows what it's, he's, he knows what's important. Love that guy. Yeah. Not he's much to not love about him. Right. I've never seen him do an asshole thing ever. Mm, really? Yeah. And where it totally deserves he it seemed, too. He seems suspicious of that. Well, I don't know. I think we all can be a little assholes sometimes, but. I mean, every now and then I've heard him say, I'm not really that cool with that guy because he did this, this, and this. Okay. But, but he's not confronting him or nah, telling him to his face. Right, right, yeah. right, right. He just disappears on you, I think. Uh, and some of those reasons are he hasn't called me back. really legitimate. <laughs> I would have handled it differently. Right. I'm like, wow, that's it? That's your call on that one? Just, yeah, I'm not going to deal with that. Would you have handled it differently back then or now? <clears throat> yeah, it would be a little bit different now probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it would still be something childish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you fucking talking shit. You know, right. like, what's the deal? Seems pretty fucked up. These days, I probably, I, I copy Tony a lot. You know, like, he's helped me a lot with how to interact with things like that. Mm. You know, if someone's getting crazy, he's like, don't, don't respond, man. Like, mm. you're just, you're never going to get out of it if you don't. And I'm like, it's yeah, a good point. Cycle. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. Sometimes people just want to argue. They don't want, they don't care about coming to a, like a mutual agreement or anything. It's just, yeah. no, I want to fight you. They want a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you a lot of people wanted a reaction from him more than most. Right. But he seems very seasoned and used to it. You know? Yeah. He's been there. Are you guys going to do more like guest based stuff? Because for yeah. a while you weren't. You guys were just, one-on-one -on -one. yeah because yeah. it was working right and it still does right so which is an awesome thing to have as a guy that's been doing a lot of shows you don't want to i mean you have guests all the time it's not easy so hard as shit ever. right and skateboarders yeah. like trying to get them in there oh man 
my bad, I forgot to tell you that I'm, I can't do it today. Like, that's all they do. Oh, and some people think that we actually uh, just stay there and they're like, hey, I, I'll, I'm down to come in today. And I'm like, you think I just sit in my chair waiting, <laughs> Wait, people have waiting for people to show up? <laughs> what is it? What? I'm ready now. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Oh, I'm, I'm here already. We're already here. We're ready to go. That's happened? They've yeah, come well, to your house, to your no, studio? but they've hit us up same yeah. day. Yeah. And All we're right. like, we- It doesn't work that way? schedule this out. We're right. not, I'm not sitting in my chair right now, ready to go. Right. And not only are you not just sitting there all the time, you do a fair amount of preparation. Uh, no. You just know your shit. <laughs> we, no. no. <laughs> we, don't know, we don't know, I don't know oh, shit. shit. Help, help me help you. I don't know shit. Um, I mean, it does kind of, it does, depending on who you're talking to, that does help. Like, I don't want to know. If I already know, I don't want to ask. I don't want to, right. So I'm it, very intrigued if I don't know. It's 50-50, right? So we do have, like, a couple bullet points, mm. right? I have a couple bullet points. Right. We've, you know, it's a lot of time. Listen, it's skateboarding. We can bullshit together. And right. It's, I don't need to know everything. I Again, I want to learn. Right. And I think that's why the show worked. Before you came on the show, Roger was the co-host. He was sitting in Jaron's seat. Okay. Um, he had some stuff that he had to deal with. So he kind of took a, he wanted to do more back-end stuff as well. Okay. Um, but he's an encyclopedia. He knows everything. Okay. So I felt at the time, I'm kind of like the dumb guy. Yeah. I, yeah, I, wanna, I do it. I want to know stuff. Telly's the one with the yeah, information. The, right. And that was Roger. Like he, everything. Oh no, those, those bearings were not, you know, the, the, they were oiled with, you know, WD-4. Everything. Yeah. He knows about everything. And I was just kind of like, okay, well, I'm just the dumb dude who kind of wants to know everything. Yeah. And I may not ask the smartest questions, but they're genuine questions that I want to know. Well, I've and done a lot of interviews, dude. I feel like you do. You have a great show. I mean, I already knew that before I walked in, but I felt like that was one of the better shows I've ever been a part of. I feel like you killed it. I feel like you came on the show and just went, which is the best shows because I don't have to guide. You know, I'm sure you've had guests on the show where you're just like, it's oh, like yeah. pulling teeth. Oh, yeah. And you're just sitting there like, I got nothing left yeah. for this guy. We've had many of those yeah. not anymore because we yeah. pick the guests now but right. every now and then Sirius would just sort of push people on mm. us where we don't know anything about them and they don't want to share anything about themselves and yeah. i'm like this guy's booked for an hour and i think that's an important part of podcasting is actually being genuinely interested yeah. in who you're interviewing I we just like had a discussion the other night we filmed a show and then we were like oh what about this person what about this person and they looked at me and i was like I don't really know if I'm interested in that in finding yeah. out more about that yep. person. So I'd maybe not have him on the show. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend you have Martin Lawrence on the Nine Club. Martin Lawrence? On our based on our experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the comedian. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny as hell. Yeah, he wasn't. He has no, been he, he has been at times. Really? Yeah. He either just received a message about <laughs> a loved one that passed away, or he might have been on some stuff to uh Keep him sedated. Okay. Or he might have gotten some really bad news about a loved one, which forced him to take something oh, that yeah. made him sedated in addition to his deep grief. Wow. It was tough. And I'm sure you were genuinely interested I in I fucking Martin went Lawrence. for it so hard. I think in the very end, I finally got like a laugh out of him. And I think mm. we were all like, 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Right. He, he, here we got I some think, smoke. We're rubbing together here. I think yeah. he was listening to that one. Yeah. Like, it was fucking crazy. And he had all these people with him, too, in the room. So it was just this odd. Was like, are these guys going to jump me? Like, what's going on here? Why are they all acting so was fucking this hard? Serious? Nah, it was serious. Okay. okay. Yeah. Those guys, that, that kind of uh, era has gone for us. Right. Right. Like, if we don't know you. We're probably not going to have you on. Yeah. We've really, we try, you know. Has just, Tony been on this show? Nah. What? I don't know. It seems weird. Why? Because then it's just going to turn into Hulk versus Wolf with Tully and Kevin. I'm sure these guys would love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll start doing armpit farts. We, it, we, oh. we, we, <laughs> well, we, wow, I'll book yeah. him right now. Right. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we had that going for us. Tony, have you seen Kevin's armpit farts? <laughs> we talked about maybe doing a thing down by Tony's. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've talked about I, I them come up here. coming down and skating with us. Yeah, because Tony can that'd be cool. Help you learn how to skate, and he could film you watching. Yeah, yeah. he will. He yeah. will do it. Mm-hmm. He will do that. So you don't have much many skaters on this show. You're the only one. Fuck, why, dude? I it's it's weird. Okay, because I'm gonna ask. Because if I really know you, right. I don't want to interview you like a fucking skateboarder. I want to know about your life. Yeah. And skateboarders don't want to know. They don't want to let anyone know about any bumps in the road. Right, right. And all I want to know is the bumps in the road. Right. You know, like Danny was going to come on. Okay. But he can't. Yeah. Because I'm not going to, I'm not just going to ask about what's it like to invent skateboard mm-hmm, tricks. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to go deep. Right. You're going to get weird about it for a second. Maybe right. a whole, maybe the whole time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's you know what are we gonna? I mean you had you're the host of the Nine Club. You're a host. You've done a lot of other things besides skateboarding. I'm not gonna ask you like, man, how hard is it to do a nollie? T-? Like I don't fucking you know don't care. or care. Right, and like, I don't. Even I know care you're really good. Talk about it. Right. And, right, and people that are listening, these are not a lot of hardcore skateboard listeners. Mm-hmm. They just want to know how did you get here? You right. know, like what's it like where you are yeah. being a skateboarder? That's the host of the Nine Club and. Did all these other things to get you where you were. That's mm. what people want to know. What's it I like think, having sure. a signature belt? Signature belt? Right. We have. I've got a signature belt. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Right now, it's out available. Right now. Well, it's our nine club. Oh, it's a nine club one. Yeah. Oh, I've got one of those. Oh, huh. yeah. Yeah, they give good stuff. That's we nice. fucked up. Yeah. We don't no, have. We don't have. He gave get, us a box of like. He I'm gave me gonna, a box of like stuff that I would wear. I'm not going to get anything. Got some hot sauce, help yourself to a book. I'll give you a skateboard, but I feel like that's so stupid. <laughs> you probably got a couple of them. <laughs> you probably know a guy. <laughs> but that's interesting you were saying that because I think podcasting, listen, skateboarding, it's a s- small niche yeah. industry, right? Yeah. And so like when you have like Danny Ways on the show or people, you know what I mean? It's, it's an interesting battle, of what you want to talk about to versus what they want to talk about or not want to talk about. Right. And then you get the comments like, you didn't talk about this. Right. Why didn't you talk about that? Chris didn't ask these questions. We're like, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why. Like, we, I got, we obviously talked about this before we did the show. So it's, so it's kind of this double-edged sword. I'll you give know? you one. Perfect example. Mitchie Brusco, ah. one of the greatest vert skaters to ever live. Love Mitchie. Really good guy. I went on his podcast the other day, and he just sort of slipped a little thing about his childhood. Mm. And I went to ask him a bit more, and he's like, I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about that. And I, was, I thought immediately, 
I want you on my show to talk about that. Right. That's going to be a great interview because it's fucking heavy and it's such a Cinderella story of you survived, you got out of it, and look at you now. Right. But he's not ready to talk about that bit. So you're not ready to have him on I'm your show. I'm not ready to have him on the show. Right. Like, it's, I'm, I can't. I know the bit that makes you tick. And everybody else needs to know about that bit that makes you tick. Yeah. Because that's the biggest thing I bring to the table. It's like I've done all these things that were incorrect. I've got, I mean, I've made some terrible choices in my life from my childhood and being a frustrated uh, kid that was just on a path of, of destruction. But I turned it around. Right. How did you turn it around? Because there's people that are listening that have been on heroin, that have had depression and lost loved ones and, and felt like giving up. And I've had that, and mm. I've felt like giving up, but I didn't. Right. And here I am. Those are the stories that are important to me on this show because you might not understand what Mitchie Brusco can do on a skateboard because you don't skate. Right. But if I just tell you that he's one of the best in the world and that it wasn't just delivered to him, he didn't just show up and get all the free shit and everyone was like, yay, and you just get to skateboard forever. Nah, it's not like that. There's like... A bunch of war. He went through a lot of shit. Right. Shit that most people would crack and give up. But he didn't. So it tells you, the listener, I need to not give up. I need to, I need yeah. to do this. Look at look at these guys shining and listen to their backstory of there were times there where they had you could look at them and go, You have no chance. You are not going to make it. I think like maybe our show's a little different because it's actually celebrating the skateboarder right. and their career <laughs> and like sure the hardships too. I mean, some of our best episodes are when the guest is super, you know, honest and talks about alcoholism or drug abuse and you know all that stuff, right? Yeah, and those make for great episodes. Yeah, because um, I think people can relate to it. It's like everybody deals with something, right? Right. And, uh, but then also there's the other stuff too. There's the accomplishments of what that person does, the video parts that they've done, the, right. the touring that they've done, the um, contests. And so there's so much more. If we don't talk about one little certain thing, there's 80 more things to talk about. Right. right? But you're still not getting the full story. It, it, it's a balancing act. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting. Because we get it all the time of the Nine Club of like, oh, you didn't ask this. You didn't talk about this. You didn't do this. And Which we're like, is crazy because don't you usually talk to people for a long time? Yeah. Like, like a really long a normal time? Normal episodes, like two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah, these guys ain't playing. No, I know. No. Well, Jason, I felt like with you, there can often be like two sets of elephants in the room. One is maybe there's public controversies or public rivalries that you're like, we're going to leave that alone. We know the guy doesn't want to talk about mm. it. But then, okay, I'll put it this way. I know you used to do a bunch of cocaine. I'm pretty sure you didn't do it by yourself. Yeah. I've met a bunch of people that you're friendly with from when you were a skateboarder. I don't know if there's ever been an interview about, remember that time we were doing blow? I don't know. It was probably some of those guys and not some of the other guys, but there's all the shit you guys would all in the room know about stuff 100%. that the listener doesn't know you're talking about that would be a pretty spicy meatball in and of itself. 100%. Yeah, right. And that's the, that's the tough part is because we take breaks during the show. Yeah. We'll get up. They'll be like, oh, dude, that story I was telling right there. Yeah. This dude and this dude. And then they're right. getting here, here, into the drugs. Here's, here's, the, here's the good part. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's We would have totally, really liked that. Yeah, that but it's been... totally up to the guest. Right. It's like, I am I just going to sit there and press the guest and then make the guest uncomfortable now? Yeah. And it's going to be uncomfortable now for the next hour and a half that yeah. we're sitting here? And he's your skateboard friend. Right. You already explained it's a tight unit and you're roast, you're 
you're bringing out something to a guy where everyone else is listening to this guy. I ain't going on the nine club. That's the thing. Chris is going to fucking open me up on there. Yeah, you, right. can, you can win the battle and lose the war. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think having like your serious show, right? It's like, it's like you look at Howard Stern. It's like he's roasting people off the show, but then he has them on as a guest. Right. You know, and it's like, that's just that business and that world. Yeah. And it's all that open information that's pretty much out there, right? So that they could talk yeah. about it. Skateboarding's yeah. so closed off. It's so weird because if I interview a skateboarder, I just don't want to go there. Right. Because I, but if it's an actor, I'm like, what's up, man? Like, you ain't going to fucking share a little bit? Like, don't act like you ain't partied. <laughs> yeah. But I, but if it's a skateboard guy, I, I interviewed Stevie Williams a long time mm. ago. And Stevie, in the middle of the interview, said something about not smoking weed. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, I don't smoke. And I'm like, didn't I just smoke a blunt with you in the parking lot? <laughs> what are we talking about here? And then I realized that that's what's happening. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, why would you smoke weed? Right. What the you've fuck got, am I doing right now? You've got Red Bull. I'm like, don't you have photos in magazines with a fucking blunt <laughs> hanging out of your mouth? What are we doing? Like, everyone knows you smoke weed. I was so confused. Yeah. And I thought I knew him enough where it was, he'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, we smoke weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as he locked up on that, I was like, this is the worst interview ever. Well, that's it's never going to go anywhere. But now. it exactly right. It, it locks the interview. Then yeah. it locks it. I, think, I was like, "Wow!" So uh, Philadelphia, you know, you yeah, grew yeah, up yeah. there because now I'm fucked. You've ended my fucking career on this interview. Right. I have nothing to say. Right. I think one of the breakthrough shows that I did because, like, skateboarders. Some skateboarders make a lot of money. Yeah. And I always I joke around, right? I'm always they're like, "Oh, they're talking about this." I'm like, "Well, how much did you make?" Yeah. And they're like. I can't answer that, right. you know? but I always throw it in there because I think it's funny. Has anyone ever answered? Andrew Reynolds. Nice. I see, he was talking about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And I was like, oh, well, how much did you make off that? He was like, oh, like 160 grand. And I was like, whoa, this is the first dude that's answered yeah. how much he's made off of something. And I'm like, and that opened up the whole interview. Right. I'm like, oh, well, now I have the freedom yeah, because I know that he'll just, he's like an open book. Yeah. And now those are the interviews where I'm like, okay, that's, <laughs> this is great. Like once they're on it, but you know, when you close off, it changes the whole dynamic of something. What do you think that is with skateboarders and, and those particular questions know. being answered? I don't know. It's weird. Like, would you lose your sponsors if you told people how much money you made? When you were growing up skating, yeah. would you talk about money with other skateboarders? Because uh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because I, I, I wasn't, I was never a flex. I never had enough. I never had a month. Like if I had said, hey, man, I'm making fucking two grand a month. It's not really much to brag about. Yeah. But and I think when I got paid off ESPN in DC, I definitely told everybody because it was a deal that wasn't supposed to happen to me. And that's kind of a different thing, though. If you skated for red dragons and somebody else skated for red dragons and somebody else skated for red dragons you wouldn't tell each right. other how much you were making on right. red dragons it's like this unsaid thing yeah like especially when i was growing up like we didn't talk about how much we were each getting paid on the same company i feel like it was a little bit different for me because most of the people i hung out with were really successful i was probably the lowest mm. money maker out of everybody so me bringing up my check was Gave my friends a giggle. 
You know, <laughs> like, oh, you're, yeah. you're almost here. Yeah, or when I got more money, then everyone, like Danny and Colin, were just pumped for me. Right. They're like, this fucking guy's getting paid like six grand a month from ESPN. Sometimes they didn't even do a show. And I'm like, yeah, right. And everyone's like, fuck yeah, Ellis. Like, there was never a, yeah. you're bragging. It was more like, Ellis finally got a check. And right. it's a decent one, and everybody was happy. There was, no, it was, and, and I remember bringing it up. I knew it wasn't a rub in the face to anybody. Yeah. It was more like, "Fuck yeah, man! You actually got, you know, because none of us made. It was the the biggest people that made all the money, and mm. then there was, I make enough to not get a job. Sure, it's pretty cool. And that's all we it hope very, for, skateboarders. Yeah, just I don't want to be working at a desk job or McDonald's or some shit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the people that made a lot of money, they. Uh, inspired me to want to try and do something similar. If I hadn't heard about that, I probably wouldn't have been interested in it because I just wanted to skate and get enough money to skate. And then a couple of my friends like got a chain and I was like, oh man, how much is a chain? And they're like this much. And I'm like, fuck that. Right. And then I started making some money where I was like, hey, I could get that chain. I'm, I'm almost with you guys now. Yeah, I'm on the budget tip of like being a rich, famous guy. Wasn't it was always a pat on the back for me. To me, it was always like, okay, that's not obtainable. Like they, I don't deserve what these guys deserve. But also, like, how is it obtainable? How do you get these deals? How how is it that skateboarding is so tiered out? It's like top tier, middle tier, lower tier. And like, if you're in the lower tier, like, good fucking luck getting up in, even into the middle tier. I think you're actually right when it comes to the money thing, because Bill Weiss told me how much money he was making a year ago, is when he told me. And you're talking about like 20 years ago. Yeah. It's like he was making. And he goes, I was making this much, and I, he's like, how much were you? He's like, you guys were making way more. I'm like, wait, you were, you were Bill Weiss. You were skating with me. He's like, dude. I was making about this much and you were in that other upper echelon. And I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm not. And he's like, how much did you make back then? And I told him and he's like, dude, I was making like 1600 a month for right. fucking 10 years. Like that was as much as I could get. And yeah. I was like, ah, oh. yeah, I was. So you were like middle to upper tier. Yeah. Yeah. Without, I was only hanging out with Danny and Colin mm. and they were rich. Right. So I was, they were upper tier. I was poor according to my, life like everybody i hung out with was tony money is no object i mean he's not that rich but to me at the time money was no object to him Mm. bam you know these guys were buying lamborghinis around me and i heard a story where he walked into a lamborghini store and gave a check for half a million dollars and said just send me the change and drove off (laughs) so i'm listening i mean I'm, i'm making good money right but my friend over here just gave some. He found his half a million dollar check. He carried his, that check around, crumpled up in his pocket yeah, for about a week yeah. before he finally gave it. To, I remember. I remember his girlfriend or wife. I forget which was the time going like, "Bam, put that check away. You got to stop waving that check around." Like it was crazy. Scrunched up. Yeah. Half a million dollars. Didn't know what to do with it. That's. And then spent it in the most <laughs> ridiculous. Like you, I don't know how much more they would have charged him for that maneuver, but I can tell you it was. For sure, like a fifty thousand dollar floater of like yeah, I think you he, he paid extra for purple paint. For yeah. Sure. Oh my god. So when you hang out with people like that, right? And you make you know ten, fifteen grand a month, you're like, I'm nothing, you right. know. Like, but you still want the chain. 
Yeah. Yeah, the chain. Well, uh, Red Dragon got me one, mm. and that was very handy. But then I bought a bigger one because it was my time to flex. Right. You know, like I got some ESPN DC right. money, and I was like, I'll buy my own one. Yeah. And then, you know, show up, and they're like, oh, man, you bought your own one? I'm like, mm-hmm. Like wow, fucking you! You gonna pay for dinner? I'm like, yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, it was like being a part of the finally being a part. Even like Vegas, they walk past the blackjack table and they throw a hundred mm. on anything. I'm like, you're not even fucking looking at the table after you threw it. I can't believe that because they were on this other tip, and because they were young with no kids, you know, you're making half a million a year and you don't even really you probably don't even know what taxes are right so there's the money was just like spent in a way where you acted like you had millions i think a lot of people act like they have a lot of money a lot of skateboarders do that especially nowadays with social media i think it's a lot of look at me but i don't really it's a lease or yeah it's fake or I don't know. Which is even crazier to know that if you're a skateboarder, you don't have longevity. Like, think about how many guys that are in their 50s that are still their job. Yeah. It's like Tony Hawk and Mike. There's like fucking five people. Right. The rest of them are got jobs or they own a piece of the industry, but you are, you're skateboarding. It's not getting you any money. And to know that these guys, a 10-year run is insane to get that. And you're spending more than you make. It's a problem. It, it's, we all, it seems like we all, a lot of skateboarders, not everybody. Like, I feel like Andy McDonald mm. didn't spend all his money. I know Steve Caballero is very fucking tight with his money. Mm. He talks about it where mm. he's like, I don't fucking spend right. anything. So I'm assuming, I don't know, mm -hmm. he's probably got a lot of money. And he probably had a lot of money in the 80s and the 90s. Like, he was ready to be bumped that whole time. And now he still makes more money and he still doesn't spend it. Well, those guys also in the 80s and stuff, they were selling like 20,000 boards a month. Yeah. At like, what, $2 royalties? Tony at one point, he said that uh, Powell were the number one selling skateboards in the world and the Tony Hawk board was the number one selling board on Powell. So he had, for years, then like, you know, it's like 10 boards that everybody bought and his one was the number one Ooh. board. So his royalties were just crazy. But he, he told me he didn't pay taxes, didn't know. Oh. First time around, yeah. They're like, you realize you gotta gotta pay taxes on that. And he's like, What are you talking about? Back taxes. Mm. So he got, you know, if, if he doesn't know, then uh, and then everybody doesn't know. Yeah. And it's, not a lot of people give you that advice. I was gonna say not many pros go, hey man, I saw you just turn pro for so and so. You know what you want to do with that is right. blah 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 blah. It's not a lot of that. And I was gonna say, I think it's <clears throat> Maybe not the company's responsibility, but I think it's also the company's responsibility Fuck yeah. to be like, hey, we're going to give you this check. You're an yeah. independent contractor, by the way. Save half of that check because yeah. you're going to need it at the end of the year. Yep. When I first no, got none to, of them tell, the, tell oh, you that. I was, I got money. I got, I'm going to yep. pay rent. I'm going to pay rent. And then at the end of the year, I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm check to check guy, yep. you know? So I'm like, oh, skateboard I, way, man. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, know, I owe money. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, that happened to me too. I didn't pay taxes for five years. Didn't know. Right. I had a business manager and an agent, and they were all running my shit. All I did was just go to the ATM, That's live it. my life. And then all of a sudden, I had a, a, a girlfriend that got a, a, a read a letter in the mail because I didn't even read the letters in the mail. And she's like, you got back taxes. I'm like, back taxes for what? 
She's like, for the money you've made. I'm like, I got a business manager. They pay that. She's like, no, this is a, this is a uh, thing saying that you've already been penalized. Like, and then, it, and then I had to, I lost my house. I lost everything. Wow. Yeah. I sold my house to pay the taxes off. And then I had penalties, back taxes. So I moved in with my girlfriend's parents. How many years of, over the span of how many years? <sighs> this, is, this is right when I moved to LA for, to try and be a, a radio host. Mm. So when I moved to LA, I had penalties to pay and I paid them for a couple of years, maybe four or five years, maybe longer, man. Huh. And then I got divorced and gave her all that money. So then I had to pay back taxes penalties on, cause I could, I couldn't afford taxes. I could only afford to give her uh, half of my money. So then I had it more. And then I got out of that six months before I got let go from Sirius XM. So like at one point, my business manager goes, you are in the clear and you have money and savings. You are officially out and you can do whatever you want now. And I was like, fuck yeah. And I was like, contract's coming up soon. So things are looking good. And then no. That's it. Yeah. But man, so I'm just so glad that I didn't owe and get fired. Cause I'm like, man, I, that would be, that would be right. so, I'd be so, Bro, I'd be like, man, how am I going to get out of living and paying back these things? So it's after all that stuff, but that's, I can't learn it any other way. Same with skateboarding. Like, how do I do it? I've I've slammed on every trick I've ever done. Right. I've slammed on a fucking rock to fakie. Sorry, guys, but that's like the most basic thing ever (laughs) that you should never slam on. (laughs) I fucking took a digger on one of those before. And I'm like, it can, I take a digger, but lesson learned. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was like, you know, when you get paid, pay your fucking taxes right. at all costs. That mm. shit is serious. Yeah. But I had to, I couldn't learn it from somebody passing down the wisdom. I had to learn it by, oh, wow. Fuck. That's bad. But I feel like a lot of skateboard people get that. They really don't get it. Like the amount of advice skateboarders get in skateboarding, but not financial advice, it's pretty crazy. Well, I think it's mostly coming from your peers. And they're bad. Are you going to... Which peers are you trusting for financial advice? Yeah. Let's be honest. I will be honest. I feel like I've probably had like people like Steve Caballero try to help me. Mm. And I've I've thought, your tone, I don't appreciate your tone. You're talking to me like I'm a child. I don't want to learn anything from you. You know what I mean? You're too fucking serious. Yeah. When in actual fact, like, no, Jason, that was the one time you were supposed to listen. Right. Well, He's it's talking like a- all boring. He's talking, hey, attack. I don't, uh, you seem lame. Yeah. I don't want to hear about it. It's like a variation on the whole thing. Like when you need advice and you, you when you ask a bartender or a priest for advice, you've mm. already made up your decision. You're just looking for confirmation. Right. It's like, are you going to ask the guy who looks like he's having an awesome time who has a sweet car and a sick bimbo girlfriend or are you going to ask Steve Caballero? Like yeah. If you're 18 years old, the decision's fairly obvious. Sure. You ask Jason Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was watching Colin McKay get into his fucking S550 and a bunch of gold chains with diamonds on it and a Rolex and yeah. I was like, yeah, well, this is, you get the money, fucking. Yeah, you were thinking about spending, sp- spending more than you were making, right, not right, putting right. half of it away. <laughs> sure. Fuck yeah. More money you make, the more money you spend. Yeah. Which is not, I've heard Shaq the great Shaquille O'Neal talk about what you should do with your money. A wise man told him at the start of his career, you put this much in, this much in here, and then this is the bit that you live on. Mm. And I was like, well, if yeah. he really lived by that from the start, then he's good. He's solid. Right. 
but, but you know, they probably solid anyone, enough to stop doing those stupid general commercials. <laughs> I think he might be a little bit of a tie. He might yeah. really like money because those yeah. commercials are painful. Oh, yeah. If you're, I, it's hard for skaters. Though. I think we yeah. get paid so little. How do you save money when you're just getting by to buy food and pay rent? Yeah, it's and, it's tough. And you've made this commitment to skateboarding that makes all risks seem. Less intimidating. Yeah. Like, I've already made this commitment where I'll die today if I have to, to make this. So I don't care about taxes. You don't sweat me. Right. <laughs> well, I think you're doing what you love to do, first and foremost. And I think every skater has different situations. But I think majority of the skateboarders out there today live check by check. Yeah. And it's very hard. A lot of pro skaters have another job. I've noticed that with the Verk guys, I've it really yeah. bums me out. It like Zach Miller and is sad. Jimmy Wilkins and all, you know, all those guys, Mitchy Brusco, they don't mm -hmm. make, they don't drive around in Mercedes Benz and shit. And what they do right now is fucking incredible. They should be pay getting paid a lot of money, right? And they don't. It blows my mind. But they're, they're all looking for a uh, an energy drink sponsor because Verk guys are still uncool. Yeah. So they're like, is there any <laughs> dumb corporate people out here that want to give me a giant amount of money for a sticker on my board yeah. that isn't going to pay off? I'm sorry, but it, it never works. Right. Is that ever going to change? I mean, you've been saying that for a while. I feel like ever since Street's getting really established itself, mm. Bert has just been like the second division. What's well, Park now that's that seems to be the bigger competitive yeah. thing, but I don't think competitive skateboarding is a big part of skateboarding. It is, but it isn't. Like, like the road to the Olympics was big, but it's only big for this people over here. Right. There's a whole industry that's like core over right. here. So they don't care about contests. They're trying to just film video parts. And, and the kids don't care either. Right. The kids like those video park guys way more. Still, correct? Sometimes, yeah. Is there... A newer guy that is, or a girl that is a competitive skateboarder that is still popular to the non-competitive skateboarder? I think a lot of, I think there's a lot now. I okay. mean, you got like Zion Wright, you got like Jamie Foy, but they're not really like, a, J, Zion was Olympics. Um, I think there's, I think there are. Okay. I, I don't think there, it's a lot. Right. I don't it's think still, it's a lot. The video park guys are still the guys. I would say so, but a lot of the video park guys are still, they're doing street leagues too. Okay. So is there's that, tears to it also. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Street league, you're the announcer. I'm not. You were. I was. I just did a couple recently, last couple street leagues. Oh. That was it. They just brought me in for Utah and one down here in LA or something. Not And not, not permanent? Uh-uh. Do you want that gig or did you like that gig? Um, it's tough, isn't it? It's not, it, it's it's interesting. Yes. You know about it. Yes. You've got somebody in your ear. Yes. Wait, you've got you. somebody in your ear at Street League? Yeah. But you're fucking you. I know. But I they, got it at X Games. It's, they're ESPN. They don't know any better. But Street League has, they're the core run it. Rob Dyrdek runs it. But they're mainly telling me, like, you got 30 seconds. Okay, okay. go over here. Okay, not They're say, giving me directions. Not ask a question. No. Okay, okay, fine. If they asked me to ask something, I probably wouldn't ask it. Is there somebody in your ear who is not a hardcore skateboarder? I don't, uh, I think they're not, sometimes, yes, I don't think they're, I don't think they're hardcore skateboarder. I think they're just running the production. Do you find it, like, when you interview people, are you a little bit like, man, I would rather be on the other end of this microphone? Like, I don't like being the 
I don't want to be interviewed. <laughs> Do you find a lot of other guys and girls think the same way? I think so. I think in situations like that too, and I think that's why they wanted to try to bring me in. Right, because you're friends with them. And if you go, hey man, can you talk to me for a second? Right. Like if I'm at a contest and you're there and I'm like, hey man, I'm these fucking assholes that got me over here interrogating you guys while you're trying to do your shit. Right. Can you throw me a bone? Totally. And you'd be like, all right, if, hey, let's fuck. Yeah, man, dude, I'm trying to do it. And that's how I feel actually at those events. I'm like, dude, can you just come over? Right. I, I, the last thing I want to do is fuck these people up. Right. You want their to contest, do- right? Yeah. I don't want to, because listen, I'm not going to ask them, oh man, that was a great back lip there. What are you going to try to do on your neck? Right. Because that's what they want you to I'm say. I'm asking them about, hey, what do you think of the color of that rail? Yeah. It's red. Yeah. I, if you could paint that rail any color, what color would you paint? Like, yeah. Those are the shit that I'm asking because I'm, I don't care about what trick you're going to do next. You're interviewing them to find out, show people a little bit about who they are. I just want to have fun. So does everybody watching. And that's what it is. Skateboarding's fun. I feel like the Supercross guys have the same thing where they've just got it wrong. They just interview mm. the guy and he says, my tires, my Dunlops or my fucking Suzuki is doing this and the team. And I'm like, I know who you're sponsored by. It's all over you. What are you doing? What do you feel like right now? It's, right. And they never get to that. It's always so corporate that mm. I, I love Supercross. I find it difficult to watch. Right. It, it's, I, I go, oh, God. Now I'm going to do a segment where you're going to show me about, you know, like your wife on Instagram. I'm like, I, your wife's great, I'm sure. But I fucking came here to watch your race. But can we say this about the rest of the world, too? It's like, oh, the red carpets. You know, like, who are you wearing? Yeah. What's going on? It's like, I want to know what you had for breakfast. But like, what we're, is- we're so close to doing a better job. I feel like yourself, the, the angle that you're trying to talk to these competitors about right. is an angle as a, in a as a guy watching. Yeah. You guys are friends. You have a relationship. And you're and I'm seeing a little side of whoever it is that you're interviewing. Mm. You've got you've got a score of this in the in your last ride. What are you gonna do next to up your score? We've all of us, my parents' parents have seen this fucking right. interview already. Right. Ask like especially when they get you. Or they get me. Right. Like, when I get interviewed Bucky, I've done the same thing, man. Like, the guy's going to win the X Games. He's got one ride left. He does not want to talk no. to me. And, and the I'm last like, thing you want to do is fuck him right. up. Right. And I'm like, hey, you know, and I've known this guy for fucking 20 years, and I'm still like, eh, yeah. talk? It's and he's like, yeah, for you, I will do it. And then somebody in my ear goes, hey, man, he got a 7.5. And I'm like, no. No, I will not ask him like some, hey man, you realize if you don't make this ride, you're going to lose the whole X Games. What's going through your mind? Right. I'm not doing that. No. I'm just going to try to chat up for a second like we're friends. And I think that's what I want the viewer to see. It would be better for all sports, not just right. skateboarding. Right. All of them. Because like, perfect example, at the Street League, I interviewed Tony Hawk. It's Tony Hawk. I know Tony Hawk. You know Tony Hawk. Um, probably any interviewer out there would love to get an interview with Tony Hawk. Yeah. Oh, Tony Hawk. Man, I did this great interview with him. I didn't ask. I, I was, I was having fun with him. I was like asking him what he would skate on the street course. Yeah. He thought I was talking about the ramp, but I, cause I was talking about the rail oh, okay, and, yeah. and he was like, Oh, the vert. And I'm like, no, no, what the thing? I was totally fucking with him. I don't know if he was getting it. But I think he was getting it. Okay. But we were having fun. Right. And that's my type of interview. It's like, I don't need to know what Tony Hawk, 
really thinks about the street course. It's the craziest thing is you have other MCs that do the score thing. Right. And then they throw to you and they ask you to ask the same thing the announcers are doing. It's like, right. no, I'm on the floor to get a, a, an interview of shit that you didn't know about them. Yeah. And you got to think on your feet when you're out there too. Because yeah. you got to really think about, well, what the hell am I going to talk to this person about? Right. You know, it's like, you know, Haisa, the, the little girl, uh, Brazilian. Did she win? She won the Utah X Games. She's okay. won a bunch of them. She's great. Yeah. She's an amazing skateboarder. How old again? Uh, four, 13. Jesus Christ, fucking insane. everywhere. Yeah. She's brilliant. Um, Fuck little people. But she, <laughs> she doesn't speak that much English. Oh, okay. She won. And I'm sitting there like, what am I gonna? How, what am I gonna interview her with? They right don't now? have the UFC interpreter I can't, standing by, right? And so I'm like, right then on my feet, I was like, "Hey, congratulations for winning! Do you want to say anything to the crowd in Portuguese?" And she was like, and there was a big Portuguese fan uh, fan base there. Yeah, crowd goes wild. It was like perfect. Yeah, and like that was just me thinking on my feet of like, how am I gonna do this? Yeah, good choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. Not saying that I'm brilliant, but you know what I mean? Like those types of situations. I mean, it is, if you compared to who else you're going to hire, it is brilliant. You know, if you get a TV personality to do that interview. Like would he try to go through this? Fuck no. Like, like just. He'd give it to your corporate. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Well, look, dude, I feel like I really wish you would do more of that. I don't know if they. I think you're a great person for skateboarding, you know, oh, like a, as it's important to be, uh, you know, you're a good skateboarder and you're, if kids ask you for stuff, I'm sure you're helpful your whole career. Yeah, yeah, of course. But these things are, it's an accident, but it's very important what you do, you know, like as a person that's felt outside hearing your show and hearing the way you guys talk mm. made me feel like I'm welcome there. Right. I, I, the, the tone is an understanding tone. Like, yeah, we're fucking some of the elite guys, but everybody who's in skateboarding is cool, man. Like it takes a village. Yeah. I think, I think skateboarding, I think the one thing that I want for skateboarding at the corporate level is skateboarders doing it. Right. That's what I want. I think skateboarding has a ton of talented people. Agreed. Ton of them. We should be the ones hosting the Olympics, doing stuff like that, Agreed. X Games, stuff like that. That We need to be filming those things. Yep. Get the filmers who film skateboarding at those events, at the Olympics. at the we, Todd Richards. We're filled with talented people. That guy, proper snowboarder, whole mm. career, saved uh, the Olympics, in my opinion. With the, did you see his, uh, a guy, Japanese guy, had a run? flawless uh -huh. and the score was low oh. and Todd Richards fucking went animal on really? the mic yeah like through multiple I, commercial breaks yeah. oh. like and we're back and as I was saying when we left what the fuck really yeah I'm disgusted by the <laughs> just judge just recently yeah. yeah and called out the judge that gave him the the lowest score US and it was judge. an American judge oh. and then the dude made another ride thank god he made another ride okay and then they gave him the correct score and he got gold mm. but it wouldn't have happened if you didn't have somebody that was there for snowboarding's sake. Yeah. Like he was like, I don't, you could fucking fire me. Right. I could hear it in his voice. Fucking fire me if you have to. 
this is a travesty and, and everybody needs to know. And that's how I felt watching the Olympics, skateboarding. I, I felt these announcers were just horrible. Really? Yeah. Did you watch skateboarding in the Olympics? I didn't listen to it. I oh watched it. I didn't watch anybody talking. Yeah, but it's talking. still, oh. there were so many networks covering the same thing. So they had like one or two actual skateboarders doing it. But then the rest, like the feed I was listening to was random two blokes talking. Wow. And they were calling people by they were like, oh, Steve, uh, what they call Steve? You didn't know people's names? Oh, my God. It was And you're crazy. the announcer? <laughs> and you don't know the name? That's a, that, how I the fuck? so livid. I is was it a, mad. Is it because of the money? Like, do these guys take it really cheap? Because we've, Todd Richards, Sal Masakela, myself, a few other people that were the core of action mm-hmm. sports at X Games, pitched to them at one point. You got to drop these non right in the game guys and let us do it and i remember like being in a meeting where i was like this is being proposed in a very professional manner this could actually go somewhere yeah and the guy was like not even close i see what you're trying to do and i'm not interested i'm not trying to shit on ears they're doing their job sure sure but i could tell that our idea that could be we could be wrong but I also felt like there was a handful of us that really are passionate about all those sports, mm. know a lot about it, and were prepared to take less money to give X Games a fucking really good look. Right. And they were like, oh, all of you in charge? You've got to be joking me. Yeah. And I was like, for less pay, even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll do it for free. Well, that's what I was going to I was say. willing to do it for free was, just to be like, can we make X Games look fucking awesome? And I was going to say that for the Olympics. It's like they could have gotten a lot of talented skateboarders, filmers, photographers, announcers. That would probably do it for dirt cheap yep. just because they want to go to the Olympics yep. and be there. Because they love it and they yeah. love what's happening. And that's what you want to hear. A guy that's passionate about like baseball, football. Imagine if the announcer could give a fuck. Mm. And it's. And it's the game you care about the most. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? But isn't normal sport, like you have John Madden announcing football. You have these ex-basketball players announcing basketball. Which are, like, which are excellent. Right. Those guys are excellent. Right. I don't even really watch it, but uh, fucking Shaq and uh, Barkley. Barkley. Oh. I, that show is- TNT. That's it. It's the best. Without those two, I don't give a fuck. Right. Who are this dude? doesn't play shit no offense to the people that don't play i know that there's john anik in the ufc doesn't fight does an excellent job mm. very necessary but he's somebody that if he was the skateboard version of that we would all like sal maskela sal maskela is not a pro skateboarder but he fucking loves it yeah. and he's fucking in it and he knows us all and when he and when he talks about it he talks about it with passion and that's the thing is like us as skateboarders like we know that about sal maskela but we trust him right if because Salmas- you know he's paid his dues. Yeah. I remember when he first started, I was like, fuck this guy. You don't just get in for free. Like, you don't just walk in and stop being us. Right. You need to pay your dues. And then he did. Yeah. Took a lot of shit. Gigantic skate park tour. I fucked with that guy so hard. <laughs> Made him drop in in a vert demo. He fucking killed himself. No. Yeah. Amazing. And then the next demo, he tried to do it again. I completely forgot about this. And Tony told me, he's like, I'm going to drop in for the next demo. Because the last, the demo where he dropped in, it was a, nobody skated anymore. I was on the transition going, you can do it. You're going to make, come on crowd. Let's get into it. And the crowd, he made the drop in eventually. And the crowd went ape shit like Tony did a 900. Is he padding up and everything? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Fully padded. Right. Cause he took a couple of whoppers on the way down on this ramp, but it was all of us and thousands of people 
just for Cell to make this drop in on a legit vert ramp. It was it was definitely hard for him. So the next demo, he could, you know, the juices yeah. of that crowd. He's right. like, I'm gonna do it again. I'm like, you should do it again. Fuck it. Ooh. It's a rap for Cell Mazakela. <laughs> like oh, just, oh my god. So he was always willing to I love that. To give it a go. That's why yeah, that's why we all yeah. Well, you love it. If you love it, I don't care how good you are at it. Right, right. You're in. You don't have to be a pro skateboarder to, you know, love skateboarding. Just have to love it like yeah. a pro does. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we accept you. Yeah, it's fun. So for you to be on the show, man. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Everybody should check out his show. If you don't skate, the Nine Club is still an awesome show. If you want to know a little bit more about skateboarding, maybe your kids are getting into it and you don't want to be a clueless dad or mom. Listen to these guys. These guys are the gateway to knowing everything about skateboarding. They got everybody on there from all fucking levels of everybody. The freshest little shithead to the fucking old man Witherby over here, like talking about the science of making a fucking skateboard. Paul Schmidt is the greatest dude ever, by the way. Uh, shout out Paul Schmidt. Every time I go to his warehouse, he tells me another story about wood and, oh and the bending and the glue. That man all. has more energy than I do. Right. I We just went there and, and made... First of all, this guy can make a skateboard in 15 minutes. Yeah. From nothing into a beautiful skateboard. Yeah. 15 minutes. It's incredible. His passion is incredible. I was done by the hour two. I'm like, okay, I'm exhausted. <laughs> he was. Re- he started making another skateboard. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you are, you're out of your mind. Yeah. In the best way possible. Yeah, in the most awesome oh way possible. God, but yeah, great. to know when you see somebody like that and then they give you the board, it just means so much more. Well, if you know... He's got his heart and soul into this board. Here you go, Jason. I've made four just for you. And I'm like, these are fucking gems. You almost don't even want to skate them. Yeah. No, I've got them just sitting there. Like, I'm like, what are we going to do the next one? It's awesome. I know. I'm in such a great pocket right now when it comes to skateboarding. I've never been more grateful to be. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for being on the hey. show, dude. What's the, the your Instagrams and all that shit? Uh, You're at Chris Roberts. At Chris Roberts. Glad Tully could remind you of what your Instagram <laughs> is. And I'm not a big Instagrammer. I'm not. Oh, okay. But I have it. I use it. I lurk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not posting every day. Okay. Um, and then the Nine Club. Nine Club YouTube channel. Right. And then the Nine Club experience. Is it? Is there more than... Yes. Yeah, Monday's a Nine... Well, it's all under one umbrella. Okay. Nine so Club... If you go to the Nine Club YouTube YouTube channel or our website, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And we don't have any any merch to give you, but you know, this is our yeah. If you go to a strip standard uh, gift to wow. guests that come by, it's about like forty two dollars and you, 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 you spend it all. You have to like you have to dance on the table and then we throw it at you. That's how you receive it when the cameras are off. <laughs> yes, yeah. obviously. We will okay. throw it at your naked butt. That's the case. Oh. That's the we case. Had to do it to him. We had to do it to him. We're almost in the clear. We didn't do any fucking naked fucking gay jokes. Well, there it is. All right. Shit. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. See you next week, everybody. Don't die. Boy, <laughs> boy. Good for you, Kevin. Do, do, do. If you want more Jason Ellis show, sign up for their Patreon at patreon.com slash ellismate for a two-hour show every Tuesday and Wednesday. To watch full episodes of The Jason Ellis Show, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash The Jason Ellis Show. And don't forget to follow the crew on Instagram at Wolfmate, at Tollywood, at Kevin Craft, at Underwearwolf, and at The Jason Ellis Show.
Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to... I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash podcast 22. Shopify.com slash podcast 22.